This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Rob Zammett, and welcome to another episode of Australia's favorite podcast on dogs. Yeah, that's the one called The Doggy Pod. Thanks for joining us again. I'm producer Stephen Peters, and we have got a cracker of a show for you this week, as always. Yeah, well, this week we're going to dive deep, Stephen, into the world of dogs like we always do, but we're going to talk about rescue dogs. You know, people get them, and sometimes they're set in their ways. Well, how do you teach him or her the new rules and habits of the new home? Yeah, because some of those dogs are, you know, they're not puppies. They're sort of uh, got a few years on them. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to hear that. We also have Dr. Rob's top five chew toys. Chew, chew yum, toys yum. for dogs. Yummy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to tell you about how to boost the confidence of a shy dog because a shy dog can be very, probably the most difficult dog. I was going to say very difficult, but probably, Stephen, the most difficult dog of all. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, once again, thanks, everyone, for sending in your questions to uh, thedoggypod at gmail.com each week. Uh, we love reading them, and, and we'll always uh, answer at least one uh, each week on the show, so keep listening. It could be yours. And um, I, I, we're interested in knowing, send us a message, we're interested in knowing where you listen to the doggy pod each week. Is it walking the dog? Is it at home? Is it in the bathroom? Uh, we'd, we'd be interested to know, just... Uh, we were talking about it the other day. Mm, we were yeah, just wondering. I, hmm. I agree. I, I mean, I love reading the emails, so please keep them coming. I want to see more questions coming in, folks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is, yeah, this is your chance to have access to uh, one of Australia's best vets. Now, he wouldn't admit that, but it's true. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely <speak> not. <laughs> speaking of you, Rob, what's been happening in the clinic this week? Well, yeah, it's been an interesting week. And this week I had a puppy coming in the people rang me and said should we bring him in and I said what's going on he said well he's two weeks old he's a litter of 10 puppies 
but he hasn't gained any weight at all. I said, two weeks old. My first What's, reaction what sort was, of dog? What, what sort of dog? Uh, it was a, a cross bred dog, unfortunately. Mm. It was a, a, one of these crosses that people try to do, one of these oodle crosses, um, to try and just sell more pups. And it wasn't done for any other reason. The people didn't know what they were doing. And this is the big problem. Uh, when you don't know what you're doing, you sometimes don't know when to ask for help. Please ask early. This little puppy was suffering. I said, bring the whole litter in and the mum. The mum, in fact, was drying up a little bit with milk, Stephen, because she was very stressed. This pup was crying all the time. These people were trying to feed it with a dropper because it wouldn't eat very mm. well and had milk coming out of its nose. I knew straight oh, away dear. what the problem was. No one had checked this litter. And this little pup had a cleft palate. Um, if you look at the you know, roof of a puppy's mouth, like the roof of your mouth, you should have just one right. solid just pick it up from uh, piece of, puppy of, of tissue there. This had a big gap running right along it, right down the middle, from the teeth right down the back of the throat. So the palate is cleft, it's opened up. When the puppy tries to yeah. suck, it can't do so because air's coming in through the nose and all the other areas couldn't suck at all. Whenever they put food in, most of it would come out the nose again, so it was suffering. And unfortunately, uh, we had to stop the suffering, of course, but we had to put this puppy to sleep. So there's, there's nothing, nothing to, that can be done? You, you could try tube feeding them, which you can do. You can tube feed them every couple of hours and, and help them to grow until they get to a size you know, where they're big enough to operate. But at two weeks of age, no, there's nothing to be done. And this pup, as I say, it was suffering. It was already showing signs of, of real problems. It was so thin and, and emaciated simply because the people, through ignorance, were not getting advice early enough. If you're going to breed dogs, you need to know a little bit before you go ahead. It's not just a matter of, oh, yeah, we'll just put them together and she can have a, a litter under the house and so be it. You know, pups need warmth, they need care. The female, long before she has the puppies, needs special care, a special place to have the pups that's clean, dry and warm, all those sort of things. Then once the bitch does well, once she has the puppies, you should make an appointment straight away, go to the vet and get all the pups checked and the mother checked. Had they done that, at least it would have stopped this pup suffering a lot sooner. So did, th did and they not? It wouldn't have stressed the mother. Yeah, did they not know that? Uh... No, they they didn't realise what the problem was, right. um, and they were just pushing on, pushing on, hoping that the pup would grow and you know, become a healthy pup that they could sell. Well, no, that was never going to happen. Uh, you know, the, it stressed the pups. Uh, the, the other pups get stressed as well because they're not getting the milk they may, can because the mother's not making enough milk. Mm. You know, she's stressed herself, and everyone knows a stressed mum has trouble feeding, has trouble making milk. That's what was happening. We've got things settled down. It was early in the week, and I've checked on them. The bitch is much happier now that there's not a pup crying all the time because it's hungry, yeah. and the other pups are feeding well, and everything's going well now. Oh, that's a tough one, Rob. Mm. It, look, it, this profession is a very difficult profession. It's, it is tough. Yeah, there's all around the world, there's problems with, um, to be honest, my profession because people are leaving it because it is so tough. It's a very, very difficult time when you have to put a dog to sleep. And there's lots of other reasons that uh, it, it can make it very difficult to be a vet nurse or a vet. So please, people, look after, be kind look after, to your veterinarians. Look after your yes. local vet, please. 
Exactly. Now, it's not uncommon for people when they do decide to have a dog or, or a second dog or you know, continue having dogs in their life, which, God, why wouldn't you, um, go the rescue dog route because that's a really good thing to do. You know, it's horrible that a lot of dogs end up in that situation where they're sort of homeless. And, and it's good if you can get a rescue dog, I think. But one of the issues, of course, is that uh, some of those dogs are... Uh, not puppies, and they could be set in their ways because they've come from a maybe a difficult home or you don't know what sort of environment. And I guess, Rob, when you look at a rescue dog, it's hard to know what, you know, you can't really do much with it when you're seeing it for the first time and you only have a limited, limited amount of time with it. Um, what, what's the best thing to do when you get it home to kind of settle it into your, yep. your way of doing things? Well, even before you get it home, one of the things that I always ask the rescue organisation you're getting it from, what's the deal with them? Uh, do they say, look, if it's not working out, bring it straight back? Oh, yeah. uh, or do they say, you know, pay, pay your money, take your pick and get out of here? If that's the case, they're probably not a genuine, real rescue organisation. The genuine ones, they will temperament test the dogs before they go into their homes and they try and marry up uh, the right temperament. Like if it's a dominant dog, uh, you've got to know a little bit more about what you're doing with dogs, and you've got to be prepared to spend a bit more time to train that dog. All genuine rescue places will have the dogs de-sexed before you get them. That should have certainly happened, so that would be something that will help calm that dog down, especially the males. When you get it home, the first thing I would like you to do, hopefully the dog is already lead trained, it's good if you put them on a lead and walk around the block. Just take them for a walk, so you're already forming a little bit of a a pack with this dog. You and the dog are out there walking together, you know, and all, all of a sudden there's a relationship going. You're out on the hunt. That's a big and thing, like, isn't it? Because they kind of think of you as a team then, don't they? Absolutely. Because, you know, people say, oh, you don't want pack instincts. I'm sorry, thousands of years of evolution say different. You're going to have pack instinct whether you like it or not. So use it. Don't try and abuse it and push it out to the side. It doesn't work. Use it. Come back. And the other thing I'd like to do is, you know, I, you've always heard me say, open the back door, let the dog come inside. I do believe a dog should be inside and just just sit by you or lay down while you're watching a bit of TV and just pat the dog, form that relationship. The other thing is feeding the dog. Now, it's very difficult. Some, some dogs don't like being touched when they're feeding because it's always been a big competition to get food. Hopefully you haven't got a dog like that. Now, you should try and feed it some food from your hand to start with, just a little bit to see how it goes. See, make sure that uh, it's not trying to devour your hand while it also takes the food. Just take it easy. And if you can, while you've got the bowl down having its dinner, just pat the dog and talk to the dog. Just good dog, good dog. He's learning your voice. He's learning the word mean, good dog means something very positively reinforced. In the food that he's eating, he's enjoying getting pleasure out of that. With you saying those words, later on when he hears those words, he gets pleasure out of that equally because he's had that association with food. Yeah, it's Pavlov's dogs, if you like. Pavlov fed the dogs and rang a bell. After a while, he could ring the bell and dogs would just salivate. Well, it's the same. You just say good dog and pat the dog. 
then while he's eating, if you do that, when he's not eating, you still do that. He's feeling really good about you and what's going on. The next thing that I like to do is ask people, do they know the breed of dog that they have purchased, the rescue dog? Because we've spent a lot of time breeding dogs for specific things. You know, the working dogs, the, the uh, working dogs that work with sheep or work with cattle, whatever it is they work with. We have the hounds that you know, race off after things, the gaze hounds. We have the gun dogs. The gun dogs are dogs that go and retrieve. They like retrieving. Try and work out what uh, pushes your dog's buttons, really, you know, what really turns him on, and try and get that into the household thing to do. Each day, if it's a, if it's a gun dog, like a Labrador-type dog or a retriever of some kind, have that one toy that you do not give the dog all the time. You only give this dog this particular toy when you are out the backyard or out in uh, uh, the dog paddock somewhere, throwing it for him so he grabs it, brings it back to you. This is his one toy that he associates with you, and all of a sudden you're starting to get uh, a great relationship with the dog. If he's a working dog, Think about you know, going out and doing some obedience with all these dogs, of course, but with a working dog, you can also take them to places where they will help you teach the dog to herd sheep, believe it or not. There's lots of places in around every major city of Australia that have uh, sheep training for dogs, and it's a wonderful thing to try and get that bond and also give the dog what it needs because it's all of a sudden working with you and enjoying something that's very very instinctive to that dog if it's a hound there are places where you can go and let the dog run and chase after things not chase behavior of you know rabbits and things but just other areas where the dog can just run uh, free and come back to you but remember you've got to know your dog and make sure that you've developed that relationship you don't want the dog off the lead straight away because he he may take off and never come back you'll never see him again so always do that first. Obedience classes, as I said, they are all around Australia. Every city has an obedience class that you can take your dog to. And once you've established a relationship, well worthwhile taking your dog to those classes. You know, to wait for about three to four weeks, sometimes a bit longer with some of the dogs that are a bit more reserved, you know, up to six weeks. And then join one of these obedience clubs. It's not very expensive, Stephen. You, know, you can have... Um, uh, obedience classes for dogs I think it's like $30, $40 an annual fee and then $5 a week that's how cheap some of these clubs are if you send your dog off to be trained unfortunately yeah they, they can be trained by somebody else but when they come home it's not helping them assimilate into the home and it's not what you want for your dog especially not a rescue dog you should be the one training that dog so think about obedience classes very seriously and just as keep on doing all those things that bond with the dog. So just the dog laying down next to you while you watch TV or read a book or even have your meal and then you give your dog his meal. So, but yeah, bonding, bonding, super important, walking, super Absolutely. important. So yep. the bottom line is, you know, most dogs you, you can kind of attune to your way of life reasonably quickly, you reckon? Oh, they do. I mean, dogs spend... Most of their life, of course, just wondering what we want them to do. They really do. Once you've found that, once you've formed that bond, they're just out to please you all the time. So the new rules and the habits of their new home will just, they'll fit in there like hand in a glove very, very easily. 
Okay, it's one of our favourite segments, uh, and I know it's uh, yours because we get lots of mail about it. It's time for Dr. Rob's Top 5 Drumroll, please. Uh, this time, it's the Top 5 Chew Toys. Chew, C-H-E-W, Chew Toys for your dog, because dogs love a good chew toy, or most do. But uh, there's so many different types, and if you've got a puppy and you're just getting into it, what are the top five? So, Rob, coming in at number five is... I like, believe it or not, the rope toys. A lot of vets say, oh, no, they're bad. They can swallow bits of rope. They swallow little bits of rope. It won't matter. You know, it's just you've got to make sure you've got a very large rope toy for your dog. You know, don't get a small one just because it's a small dog because they're the ones that could get stuck in their throat. But a decent-sized rope is a lot of fun for the dog. And you can get them as balls as well, a rope ball, which the dog can chew on and have a bit of fun. One thing I should mention at the very start, and I didn't, um, I do not like the squeaky toys. I tend not to like those because... Ooh, why is that? Controversial, Rob. A couple of things. One, a lot of the squeaky toys, the squeaker ends up inside the dog too and causes a bit of problems because they're often metal. And yeah, they can cause point. a lot of problems there. And the other thing is that squeak, 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 so they attack. It brings on a bit of an aggression, uh, you know, chase aggression behaviour. So I prefer not to have those. Uh, Nylabone brought out a Dura-Chew power chew, would you believe? It's a textured ring, they call it. It has lots of different textures, and I do like that because it's a fairly solid toy. So... That's certainly coming in at, at number oh, four. Oh, so that's for number me. four. That's number yeah. four. Okay, you've yep. jumped ahead, Rob. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Gee. Um, okay, coming in at number three, then. There's yes. a, a thing called an Anything Pets Dog Chew Ball. Quite a good, uh, you know, fairly hard piece of, of rubber. And there's a lot of different um, uh, areas for the dog to chew on with these things. It's a really uh, nice thing for them to chew and helps their teeth a little bit, keeps their teeth clean. Of course. Um, and so is that number three? That that's number, number three. three. Coming in number at number two, two then, yes, is what? The concrete rubber ring. There's a, a rubber concrete ring. Concrete rubber? Well, it's not, it's not concrete. It's, it's a rubber ring for joining concrete pipes. And oh. you can get them very tough ones from the hardware store. And they're, they're used a lot by the police force as well for training dogs. You know, they're just a very wow. solid piece of rubber and the dog chews on them and you can throw them. And and they even, I've seen, you know, big police dogs grab it with the handle holding it and the handler swings the dog round and round because the dog won't oh, let go. He's having so much yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. And so they're pretty solid and they're, they're very good. So, and I guess number one. What, number one is what? Yeah, it's got to be the, the old classic Kong. Yeah, remember those Kongs, people? No. Yeah, they're a, no, you haven't seen a Kong. <laughs> If you Con- look up a, a, a K-O-N-G, yeah, it's a Kong. Kong. Right. And you can stick food inside them. And the dog can spend a lot of time trying to get the food out and then enjoy them for a while. And the good thing about um, the Kong is that you can clean it well. You can throw it in the dishwasher, Stephen, and yep, clean it along with everything else. So it's, Probably it's hard rubber as well, but it's got Very hard in. rubber. Yep, yep. And yeah, vets, most vets will recommend that as a very good toy for your dog of course if you for chewing don't forget good old-fashioned bones for dogs a raw bone not a chicken bone people millions of times on this show i think any doggy pod listener will know not to do that yeah so what what are my favorite bones um lamb necks i like because i've got a bit of meat 
or brisket bones you know, or rib bone. They're, they're the three type of bones that are best for your dogs to chew on. Keeps their teeth very clean and uh, gives them quite a long time to enjoy it and enrich their environment. Just quickly on that, if a dog has a bone, um, I've noticed this with dogs, and they go and bury it in the garden, yep. which, they, which they invariably do, and then come back later, is that going to do them any harm now that it's covered oh, look, in dirt and potentially potting mix and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it can. It can. And people say to me, oh, I won't give my dog a bone because it uh, does just that. It goes and digs it, puts it, you know, holes everywhere in the garden. Very simple. You have a laundry or you have a garage or somewhere where there's a solid floor. You don't feed your dog that morning and you give it a bone later on. So I do avoid dogs digging up the area um, by just doing that. I prefer they don't go and bury it. I know it's pretty natural for them and they yeah, probably exactly. get away with it lots of times. But yeah, I don't know what's in our environment these days. So I prefer not to have them dig a hole and put the bone in and go and find it later. Uh, I give you a bone, it's for now, you have it for a few hours, what you don't eat or chew. And I I give the bones for entertainment and for teeth cleaning. I don't care whether they eat it or not, but if if they do, that's fine. If they don't, I pick up the bone, it goes in the bin. I don't save it for another day. Yeah, good call. All righty, what do you do if your dog... Uh, whether it be you know a dog you've had for a while or not, or a rescue dog, is super shy, like super shy. How do you how do you bring it out of its shell? Uh, are there a few simple things we can do? Boy, Stephen, that's a, a really good question. And the first thing to remember, if you've got a shy dog, it's often a bit fearful as well. The one thing yeah. that you have to remember, if that dog gets cornered somewhere by you know, someone that wants to push the boundaries and say, oh, no, I want to pet your dog no matter what, that dog is very apt to turn around and launch into an attack to protect itself. So if you have children coming over and you've got a shy dog, oh, I want to pet the dog, and they race the dog into a corner and the dog's cornered, it's going to do what comes natural and protect itself and attack the children. So be aware that a shy dog is probably the first dog that will bite, you know, even more than an aggressive dog, because it's going to protect itself. Very important. And the old adage stays true. Children 12 years or under should not be left unsupervised with any dog. Now, the shy dog itself, the the thing to do is to bring it into the house as much as possible. If you have people coming over and you know it's going to be shy, put the dog on a lead and just have the dog beside you and just say, I don't pat him, He's, he's just shy. I'm just training him up, trying to help him. That is a a very important thing to do with visitors all the time. The other thing that I do with shy dogs, and I've had them myself, I go to the train station with the dog at peak hour, and people are (laughs) bustling everywhere and walking. That sounds cruel, Rob. No, you don't, but you don't stop and have the dog think about it. You walk through like you're on a mission. You've got to walk really fast, boom, straight through, you know, excuse me, through the crowds, whatever it is, and back the other way, and the trains come, so you've got rattling of the train, you've got people usually in a hurry to get to work or go home, so they're not going to want to stop and talk to your dog, and your dog thinks, well, it's okay. I mean, you can't do it if you don't have a relationship with your dog. You've got to have a very good, steady relationship with your dog. If the dog's shy of you, then you've got a real problem in the first place. Your own dog should not ever be shy of you. 
but if it's shy of other people, I take it to where there's lots of people. Sounds cruel, but the dog thinks, oh, nothing happened today. Oh, nothing happened again and again and again and again. And, again. and after a while, the dog thinks, eh, they're just people, no big deal. Mm. And they get out of it quite well. I like to also do a few other things. Uh, when I'm eating, I actually put the dog beside me, the shy dog. I'll put his food down and then I'll start eating my food. If it's a dominant dog, it's the other way around. A dog really dominates, I just make it lay down while I eat. Then when I finish my meal, then I put the food down for my dog. With a shy dog, it's almost the opposite. We eat together, though his food goes down just a little bit before mine. If I'm going through a doorway, if it's a dominant dog, you always go through first, pull the dog back. If it's a shy dog, go on, through you go, down, through you go, and encourage them. Always use a nice soft voice, encourage them through, and then you follow them through. So they're taking the point. They're taking the lead, and it's getting them out of their shyness. You heard me say earlier on this show, obedience classes, that goes without saying. That will help tremendously uh, because there's lots of kind people with dogs there and people that know what they're doing with dogs. Very, very important. And then finally, don't forget the old school at you know when, when school is uh, opening or when school is closing all the kids are leaving again walk past the school with all the children going past don't stop no don't don't pat the dog please you know just keep going walk fast if you have to trot you, you're gonna have to get into a bit of a jog yourself hope you're fit enough guys <laughs> but you know do it quickly get past where all the kids are and go past the other way and then past again backwards and forwards people will think you're crazy that's fine we, we all know you are. But just keep the dog going. Keep the dog moving Speak all the time. Speak for yourself, Rob. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> People know I'm nuts, not just crazy. <laughs> um, but, you know, you've got to just keep moving all the time like you're on a mission. You know, you've got to get from this end corner of, of the block to that corner of the block like your life depends on it. Come on, let's go back. We're going. No, quick, I've got to get there or, or, or I'm going to drop dead. Off you go. That's important. The dog's on the mission with you. You go past and it's all of a sudden – no one's going to hurt him. He starts realising that no one will hurt him and he gets a bit of confidence in himself. Oh, just more great advice from Dr. Rob. Rob. <laughs> now, Rob, Yo. just just for some of your fans listening, yep. you're uh, not crazy. You said, my, my nice uh, fans, you're not crazy. I'm the one. Uh, well, yeah, but you know, I just want you to give, uh, give, uh, give it your best shot when you're talking about that nice, gentle voice of yours. Oh, you yes. say, Come on, darling. You go, just, 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 oh, well, uh, I always do just that. give us an example of that. Oh. Come on, just, just. Come on, darling. Come on, sweetheart. Oh, come to, come to me, into my arms, my love. There you go. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh cut it out, Stephen. It's not that sort of show. <laughs> Once again, uh, everyone, thank you for sending in your questions to the doggypod at gmail.com. Um, this one uh, this week is from Doris. I don't know where Doris lives, but uh, Doris Studer Nash is her name. And she has a five and a half month old Havanese, Havanese puppy. I'll ask you about that in a sec, Rob. I've never heard of a Havanese uh, that refuses to walk on a lead when we take him out in the neighborhood. He stops every five to ten metres and refuses to move. That would be a pain. We've tried all sorts of incentives, directions, leading away from the house, different times of the day, morning, late at night. Uh, we just don't get very far. Uh, and we've never had any bad experiences in the area. However, when they go to the beach on the weekend and walk in there, he loves it. No problems. 
which obviously you can't do all the time. So uh, please kindly share your thoughts on our stubborn puppy. Kind regards, Doris. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this stubborn puppy? Well, the having these, uh, it, it's a Cuban dog from Havana. It looks ah. a bit like a Shih Tzu, and they're r- roughly that weight. They're you know, between, um, I guess, in kilos, that they weigh around about or six to eight kilos in weight usually. So they're not too big. Too big. They're a beautiful dog, lovely natured. Um, mm. Some of them are a bit bigger these days. I've seen a lot of Havanese with just a bit more size on them, but they're still around that. Most would be 10 kilos, shouldn't be more than that, but with a longish coat. Uh, as far as being stubborn are concerned, it, this breed's not noted for that. You know, they, they love being with people. They, Yep, they love the beach. Um, so I'm not surprised that he's good when he or he or she is good when he goes down the beach. What I would do is not walk it around the um, area at all. Every time I want to take it for a walk, I'm sorry, but I would put it in the car. I'd go down to a park somewhere. Uh, if you have to carry it to the middle of the park and then walk around that park, get it used to walking on the lead and being responsive to you. Don't take it off the lead when you go to the park. Keep it on the lead all the time. All this will get positive reinforcements of when it goes for walks. And just walk around the park itself. Don't think too much about anything else. Just go for a walk. Again, walk like you're on a mission. Off you go. And so the little puppy can keep up with you. Not too fast for, for the pup, but they're a good walking dog. They're a sturdy little dog, Steve, and they have these, so mm. no trouble keeping up with you. But I would start doing that first before I walk it around the neighbourhood. Because so just get it used to walking with you. It's getting in the habit. Else. Yeah, it's getting yeah. in the habit of not walking. Of, you know, I want to stop and just sit here, um, mm. and that's that's just not good enough. You don't want to drag the puppy. So into the car, uh, down the local park, out to go, walk around the park, back in the car, and home. That would be. I would do that continually for a few weeks until. And different areas. You could certainly try the same park for a while. If it's working, probably stay at the same park because when you're walking around the block, around your, your um, area, your neighbourhood, you're not going to be changing areas at all. So by all means, do the same at the park. If you find a park that it likes, off you go around that area and around the block um, is out for a while because he's not responding to it, he's become stubborn about it, and he's forming a bad habit. We're going to break that habit by not giving him the opportunity to do anything naughty. We're not going to chastise him. He doesn't need it. We're not going to punish him in any way, shape, or form. We never do. Uh, But we're going to try and encourage him somewhere away from it. And if he does it at the beach, he'll probably do it in the park somewhere. Hmm. Good call. Okay. Park first, neighbourhood second. Yo. All right. It's that sad time of... Every show where we have to say goodbye for the week, but don't worry, we'll be back next week with the Doggy Pod. Please uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and I think that's it for the moment. Um, uh, but we'll see you next week with uh, a lot more doggy tips. And as always, Dr. Rob has a few words to say goodbye. Yeah, dogs have such short lives, don't they? And they spend most of it waiting for us to come home each day. You owe it to your dog when you do come home to give your puppy some time. A little play out the back, a walk around the block, whatever it is, but you owe it to your dog. 
been waiting for you to come home all day. Don't ignore him. Have a good week, guys. I can hear some dogs asking for your attention right now, Rob, <laughs> in the background. Dinner time! <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, You can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.